It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. It's Live in the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. This week on Live in the Bream, we have one of my favorite topics and a brand new voice in this scenario and in this space. We've got Anna Golden with us, who is a rising star in the worship music world. And gosh, who does not need some worship music in the world that we've been living in the last few years, just to reset our hearts and minds, to give us courage, to give us hope, and to remind us of what's important. So Anna Golden is joining us today. She's got a brand new album out this week called Church, and we're so excited to have you, Anna. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here to talk about all these things. I'm so honored. I could literally talk about this all day. So cut me off. If- <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to get in as much as we can. And, you know, to to start and let folks know a little bit more about you, you've got a super talented family. Your parents are musicians. Your siblings are in showbiz and music and all of these things. But as much as there's been success in that, there was a point for you that you didn't want to go down the path of solely secular success. Not that you're, you know, ruling that out. Your music can go anywhere. But for you, sure. tell us about growing up um, with these talented people, you and your talent, but deciding that there was a very specific path for you. Yeah, I mean, anyone who started in, I mean, like inter- entertainment industry young will would kind of attest to it's pretty uh, tough waters to navigate. You're kind of growing up and learning all the qualms of growing up a bit on a stage, um, which is interesting. But I I knew for me, ever since I was a little girl, the safest place was always in church and in worship because I would do these amazing things, these big events and shows. And I remember specifically one time when I was 14, it was my first show by myself that was pretty big. I always did stuff with my family. Um, And I did a meet and greet afterwards. And there were girls who came to me um, crying. And I, at 14, I didn't understand it. It was, it was really hard for me to kind of grasp. And I felt like even at that age, the Lord just illuminated something to me of, man, we're all created to worship. And when that's misdirected um, and it's put on a person, it'll actually crush the person that you are um, kind Mm -hmm. of idolizing. Um, And I know that me, being a 14-year-old girl is hard enough, <laughs> especially <laughs> being a 14-year-old girl who's, you know, constantly having to be told things about themselves. And uh, to me, worship was always something that wasn't about me, that it didn't rise and fall on me. There was an anxiety around it. There wasn't, oh man, I have to perform. I loved the idea of when I was able to lead people into worship, I wasn't pointing people to myself. I was pointing them to something else. Mm-hmm. And at 15, I just kind of had this moment with the Lord of, man, I, I had to have the awareness of, I'm not really strong enough for this right now. Um, and I'm so I'm so immensely grateful for my parents and, and my dad, too. That my, both my parents were worship leaders. That's how they met. And it was so kind that it was like, you know what? All these opportunities and things, you can turn them down and come back to church and you can be a worship leader at a church. And, and from there, I, I started working at a church when I was 16 and I've been in full-time ministry ever since. And I, at that time, I never thought that I would go into the side where I would start releasing music and all those things. But the Lord really had to 
kindly as he does bring me out of that because I was like man I'm, I'm so over the industry kind of thing like I'm I'm 10 years old and I know how to work a room and I don't want to know how to work a room you know what I mean right um, and the Lord just kind of had this moment with me he's like hey if you're faithful to do what I um what I call you to do to be faithful with your gift I'll I'll always promote it and put it on any stage mm-hmm. that I need it to be on so that's been kind of my agreement with the Lord so all the opportunities coming stemming from that have really been like God's grace and mm-hmm. his his provision really yeah and when you can make such a mature realization at such a young age that it's not about me I can't slam doors closed that he's opening. I can't jam them open when I'm finding yeah. he's got them tightly closed. It does give you a freedom in following his guidance and his path, knowing, okay, this isn't me. I'm not doing this. And all I can do is follow where he's taking me and yeah. use these gifts or whatever I have in his service. So to get that at such a young age, um, you saved yourself a lot of therapy. Although yeah. I'm always like, you know, therapy is not a bad thing. Oh yeah. We're <laughs> so still, we're still there's always room for that. <laughs> Um, but you had a really pivotal interaction happen around the age of 18 that really did spur a lot of what you're doing now. Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, 18 was really the transition of kind of what I was talking about. I had one of my best friends whose dad was a worship leader who had a worship conference. Um, he was, he heard one of my songs that I've written at that point. Worship music to me was always between me and the Lord, all the songs that I've written. Um, And it wasn't really something that I was promoting or trying to release. It was just something special between me and the Lord. I'd always been a songwriter, so that was just going to come out of me. Um, And he heard one of my songs. It was actually a song called Take Me There. And he was like, you have to do this song at the conference. And I was like, no. (laughs) I was like, I actually don't want to do that. Um, and it wasn't even finished being written. Um, and he was like, no, 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 I, I really feel strongly that you're supposed to do this. And so I did. And this conference happened to be a conference full of worship leaders. So from there, people took this song that wasn't even finished being written, which is funny, um, and started singing it at their churches kind of all over the United States, which was such a wild thing. And that's where I felt like I told you I was going to be faithful to put this where I needed it to go. And it just really drew the distinction of what it was going to look like for me to do music within the church and within Christian music, uh, opposed to mainstream industry. And the Lord just kind of drew those lines for me and it felt so safe. And I was like, okay, like if you want, if you want this, like we're going to go for it. Um, And then I ended up releasing that song and it was kind of wild just the way that people responded to it. And the Lord just showed himself so faithful in that because I was so hesitant. And I basically had a lot of triggers in that area as far as releasing music and those things. And the Lord was like, no, 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 it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different because it's going to be me. Um, and that just kind of started really everything that we see now. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. So tell us about this new album about church. Such a simple title, but what's behind that? What's behind the songs that you selected? I mean, to be a songwriter and to have the kind of voice that you have, which is pretty amazing, is a beautiful combination of talents. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. I, man, this, this album is so personal to me because of my experience in church and just the way that I love it. I've, 
And I'm not aloof to the fact of what church means to so many and what it's meant to me before too has kind of been a face of pain, a place that um, felt like, man, it wasn't what I thought it should be. It wasn't what scripture said it was supposed to be. And I think that most people who've been in church for a long time can share that sentiment. And I never want to seem like insensitive to that because I'm aware that church hurt is something that is really real and there are things that happen that just aren't fair. I think with me, when I transitioned off of church staff in 2020, I had this moment with the Lord of being like, you know, I've always loved your church and it's always been my favorite place, but why doesn't it feel safe right now? Like I, I need you to help me see um, your bride, how, how you see it. Like, why is it that scripture, it's the epitome of what the relationship looks like um, for marriage. Like you call the church your bride, you love it. You're coming back for a pure and spotless bride. The book of Revelation is this love story to the church. So tell me, tell me what you see. I want to see it, how you see it again, not through the eyes of humanity or the pain that I've had. And that kind of just embarked the entire record. Um, started with a song called The Church I Grew Up In, which will be on the deluxe version. Tasha Cobbs Leonard has a version out now, if you go listen to it. And it's basically just an ode to the church that raised me. And that's um, played such a big part in my life. Like we were talking about therapy, through therapy, and um, just a healing journey of being able to look back and not throw the baby out with the bathwater per se, and see like, man, there are so many beautiful things. Like church saved my life when I was in youth group. You know what I mean? Like leaders that were, God, only a couple years older than me, leaning down and being like, hey, did you eat lunch today? The simple things of like, being a teenage girl in a ministry and like having people lean in and, and just really to honor that and to honor the role that the church had played in my life. And through this album, I really wanted to give resource to the church, to the worship leader. I'm a worship leader before I'm an artist. Like I work full time at my church, um, serving on Sundays. I wanted songs that worship leaders could put on their set list that are filled with faith and hope. Everything is rooted in scripture. If we have such a small amount of time on a Sunday morning to, to sing together, to usher in the presence of the Lord together, I wanted to make sure that these songs didn't just fall um, flat, that they were anointed, that they were completely scripture-based, faith um, building songs that people can remember and sing over themselves, that teach them scripture, that teach them the power of prayer, that teach them the power of the word. So that was pretty much the whole genesis behind all of it. And I, I was listening to it this morning and I'm just sobbing because I, I really feel so grateful that the Lord trusted me with these songs and, and with this project. That's powerful. Why do you think that, and listen, I'm old, so I remember <laughs> back when CCM, you know, Christian music start, first started being a thing and oh, sure, yeah. Wayne Watson <laughs> and Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant. And oh, before that. that, like the Imperials and like all of these old school groups. And it was very mm -hmm. much like a song, like versus chorus verses. I mean, now we've morphed over the last few years into worship music where it's not like somebody stands up, maybe sometimes does special music, but it's like everybody's yeah. invited into the music. Um, what do you make of this progression of worship music as the way that we are starting in most churches um, around the country, most Protestant churches, as a way to have people feel like they're not just sitting and being a consumer of the music, but they're actually part of it. Yeah, I think that worship is the moment in a service where we're able to bless the Lord and commune with Him. Um, and I think it's so special. There are so many things that can happen within worship that 
um, don't typically happen within a talk or a message or a sermon. It's really the time to to give back to the Lord. And I think that it's so special how we how we make church services. I'm obviously a big fan of the church because, you know, here we are talking about my own culture. Um, I think it's beautiful that it's, it's a way to till the soil of your heart as well. It's to change perspective. I mean, in scripture, we talk about when you enter the presence of the Lord and you enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Um, I think that that does so much more for our perspective than we understand because we bring, I like to think that I bring all these questions. I have a suitcase every time I enter in the presence of the Lord. I'm like, I have, what's going on here? I have a prayer request here. Like I, I have things that I need to bring to his feet. And when you, when you put it in practices of man, before I ask a thing, I'm going to, I'm going to give you praise. I think it changes our perspective so much more than we think tills the soil of our heart to be able to hear him speak. Um, and I think it's beautiful what's going on in worship. And, and even through COVID, we saw kind of worship music take a bit of that space of that CCM easy listening mm-hmm. space, just because people weren't able to be in the room or um, to be with one another. And I think that it's beautiful the way that we've been able to get worship music out um, so much bigger. Uh, there's some industry sides of it that are kind of funny and can get kind of funky, but I think overall, like the beautiful side of it is that um, there's so many houses that are also releasing their own worship music, which I think is stunning. I think it's stunning to release music for for your house and for your flock and, and to know what you guys are believing for. If you're a church that's in a building fund, like, man, you guys are prophesying songs of faith. You guys are prophesying songs of provision. I think, I think it's so beautiful. So um, yeah, I could talk about that all day. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mentioned COVID and that reminds me, I mean, you've had some big, as my 24 year old assistant would say, collabs, um, (laughs) collaborations for the old people out there um, with some really big name artists that give you a chance and a platform to reach more people with who you are, who God is. Talk about some of those big mashups you've done. Yeah. I mean, I feel so fortunate that I'm able to, I've, I've looked up to so many in the industry, like you were saying, um, that really just kicked down the door. One being I'm, I'm actually signed under Tasha Cobbs Leonard, who was literally growing up my worship hero. I just loved how strong she was. I loved how she ushered in the presence of the Lord and she was so independent. Um, and it made me think that, who I was and what I carried was accepted in the space. Um, and it's been so awesome to be able to work and collaborate with her. We do songs together all the time and um, just really to have her, she really did uh, pave such a way for women and worship and Carrie Job, oh, who's like an actual earth angel. She's literally the best. If you've ever been able to talk to Carrie, she's so sweet. She, I'm like, I talked to Carrie and I'm like, am I a kind person? I'm like, you are literally floating in this room right now. Um, but she was one that I got to do a song called take it to Jesus, which I had released. And then Carrie had heard and it just, it moved her in such a way that she, um, she was like, yeah, I would love to do a version of this with you, which was so beautiful. It's gorgeous. together and like she's stunning and her spirit on it is just so beautiful and I feel so privileged to be able to have those relationships in my life because man I mean I was uh, at a conference a couple months ago and Carrie and I were just sitting down probably for at least an hour and I was like man just I want to know everything about your story and she really 
has paved the way for so many. Um, she's, she's beat down doors that I'll be able to just walk into um, because of being a woman in ministry and the space that she's taken. And it's just been so stunning. I mean, there's just a few to say the least. I mean, Rita Springer, who was also featured on this next album, she's done all the, all those things too, man, fought for, fought for women in this space too. And I'm, I'm so honored to be able to stand next to these like giants and really stand uh, behind them <laughs> and the grace that they've paved. So um, collaboration is so beautiful. I think God makes us all so different. So we would need one another mm-hmm. and um, the perspective of a couple people coming together. Uh, Natalie Grant was one that wrote on this album with me too, who is like, just such a boss and I love her and her husband Bernie so much. And we wrote together a few songs for this record. Um, and it's been, it's been really stunning how coming with together with these artists that I've just admired for so long um, and being able to create with them. It's been, it's been so cool. That's a lot of talent in one place, like an explosion of talent. Um, <laughs> all the folks that you've mentioned. Um, what do you think it is about music or what is your hope it is with music that it can reach people in a different way than maybe a sermon or somebody who is not interested in opening the Bible or hearing, you know, what they would consider a lecture from a religious person, but maybe this music gets to them in a different way. Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen it from the beginning of time through scripture, the way that the Lord, um, used music to soften hearts. He used it to soften the hearts of kings and to turn nations literally through a harp in David's hand. Um, and I think that I think that there's something so spiritual and so emotional about music that it just it reaches areas of you that maybe you wouldn't have opened up before. Like of what I was saying, it really does till um, the soil. And I think that it's stunning the way that even like if you get into the science of sounds too, I just love how scripture like tells us these things. And then we have like proof behind it. Do you know what I mean? Like the Mm -hmm. way that people study it and the way that certain sounds like um, can help with how we receive things. And I think that within music, it really is something beautiful, the way that it can reach people who would never um, want to necessarily hear the message of the gospel. I think even through, I have a song called Peace that was the title track to my last record. Um, And it was basically a song that the Lord gave me during an anxiety attack. And it was um, a song the Lord told me, um, if you've ever experienced anxiety, it's a lot to do with your breath and your breathing. And the Lord was um, telling me to prophesy over my breath again and to claim it. So the course of that song is I can finally breathe again. And the way that I've seen that song cross um, barriers, cross religion, cross culture um, with the message of Christ within it. It's been something so stunning. And I think that music sometimes puts a supernatural translation on what we're trying to say, what the Lord has given us to where it can permeate hearts um, that would have never wanted to, I mean, hear, hear about it before. So I think it's such a beautiful tool. Um, and I've just fallen in love with it completely. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now people have a chance to fall in love with you, with your music, oh. with the message of God's goodness. Um, the new album out this week is called Church. Tell us where people can find more about you and find your music. Yeah, um, I am on social media, which aren't we all these days? I love it. For um, better or worse, to, yes. For better or for worse. <laughs> if you want to see way too many pictures of me and my cat, Carl, you can follow me <laughs> on cat all Carl. 
Yeah, Carl is my little cat who's he's basically my son. He's the best. Um, all of my social media handles are Anna Golden Music. Um, I have a website as well. And you can check out all my music on anywhere you'd stream, Amazon, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever your preference is. I know things people love to get a little debates. Home wants the best, but it's everywhere. So whatever you prefer. Um, it's just Anna Golden. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to talk to you and talk about this project and man it means the world to me thank you well anna golden thank you for giving us some of your time we wish you all the best with the new album as we know it will minister to so so many people so thank you for pouring out your heart and soul into it and the music that you continue to share with the world thanks for being with us on live in the brain oh thank you so much it means the world to me listen ad free with a fox news podcast plus subscription on apple podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.